0: to know how high how deep how wide how far is the love of God Lord we can't comprehend that but Lord it's eternal Lord there's not a person within the sound of our voice today God that is outside the scope of your incredible love and Lord you never require anyone clean up for you came for those who needed a savior and Lord everyone that's here this morning God you love and God your love is present at this moment i pray that whatever it is that deep dark place that no one knows that deep dark place that we bury that we say there's not anyone that needs to know this because i don't think anybody would love me if they knew that i'd done this in my life lord the truth is you know all things and lord i pray today at this moment that your love would penetrate that secret place that private place that hidden place that place that Satan beats us up over. I pray that your love would penetrate it, that the blood of Jesus would cover and wash over it, and that, Lord, we would no longer feel shame or guilt, but we would feel the amazing forgiveness, love, and mercy of a God who has the endless, matchless love for eternity. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Yea, this I know with all my heart, His wounds have paid my ransom. We are so glad that you're here this morning. We serve an amazing God, and I hope this morning that you've experienced the body of Christ coming together in one accord, all different shapes, sizes, backgrounds, personalities, gifts, interests, all here for one reason, one purpose, one mind, and that is to glorify the risen Savior. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you please turn them to Romans chapter 12? Romans 12. We're going to continue on where we've left off here the last few weeks. And I want to talk to you in more detail about this incredible truth of who the body of Christ is. What the body of Christ has been called to do in order that we can accomplish the will of the Father here upon the earth. And so we're going to pick up in Romans 12. If you're, going to, if you're going to be involved in our fall gathering, which we're meeting over at Lakeside City Park tonight, we'll be cooking burgers and hot dogs, and we'll be going door to door as well. There's going to be horseback rides, roping for the kids. Last week we went to Eastside, had an incredible time with Missionary Baptist Church there. And went door to door um, in the project area there and had an incredible time talking with people, ministering to people. We ran out of food, we ran out of hot dogs, but we weren't short on joy, happiness, and encountering God. And so, if you're going to come tonight, we're going to be there, we're going to meet here at 4 o'clock, and we'll head to to the um, lake over there. But Guy wants to let all the receiving team know that you need to be here at 3.30 to get everything loaded so we're able to go. So wanted to give you that announcement this morning as we begin. All right, let's pick up in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read here just a handful of verses through verse 8, and then we're going to uh, break that down. Can you turn me down a little bit, Weston? You all want to turn me down just a smidgen? I feel like I'm really loud. Now, you all may say, no, it's not, but anyway, I feel loud. All right, let's read here along in Romans chapter 12. Follow along with me. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may know and discern what the will of God is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will." For by the grace given me, Paul says, I say to every one among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, the body, though many, are one body in Christ, And individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us then use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, in service, then in serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness." So Paul here is introducing something that he calls a mystery in Ephesians. It's the mystery of the church. I know you guys have come to church this morning. We hear that a lot. But the truth is, this building is not the church. The church, as we're going to learn, is made up of members of Christ's body. That is the church. And so this morning, what I'd like to do, because we live in such a crazy time, of the American consumeristic mindset, it has crept into the church. And many Christians today have an inadequate or a poor understanding of what the body of Christ is. Let me say this, the body of Christ has really been lowered to a very low standard. It's been lowered in importance and in value. And I want you to know, as we're going to learn next week, that there is no levels in the church or the body of Christ. There is no level. Everyone is completely, totally equal, although we have differences, we're differently made and created, we're differently placed in the body, we're all equal within the body. Everyone is equal. There is no one where, in some people's mind, the pastor is up here, he's got some sort of spot with God that's lower or higher than someone down here. It's absolutely false. That is a man-made, centered gospel. It's not the truth. The truth is, every one of us before Christ are equal in every aspect, although given different gifts to to use within ministering to the body of Christ. And so what I want to do first is I want to tell you four things that the body of Christ is not in its entirety. First thing I want you to to think about this morning, it's it's a wrong and distorted view, but we see this today, it's very, very popular among consumeristic Christianity, which really is the entire Western world of Christianity, very consumeristic. The very first thing is this, this is what church is not, although it may have aspects of this, this is not the church. (laughs) Here's the first one, it's not a feed store, all right? You're like, duh, John, I know it's not a feed store, I don't even f- smell feed in here this morning. Well, for many people, just like um, someone who's got some livestock, or maybe you have pets, and so you go down to the local feed store, and you say, hey, you know, fill my cake feeder up, put me a, put me a pallet of, of whatever feed on the back, and that's going to get me through the week. Um, lots of people come to church thinking that that's the main sole purpose of church is that they would come here and that they would basically then get to select the variety of feed they want and then eat on that for the whole week and that would sustain them throughout the week. Although you may have some spiritual food that you're going to eat and that's what we're doing today is we're eating uh, the bread of life, the word of God, we're, we're, we're feasting on that, that's true, but in its entirety the church is not a feed store, it's not it. And in no way is one message on Sunday morning supposed to get anybody even through the afternoon. (laughs) Because most of this is going to be forgotten by the time you get in your car and head to Luby's Cafeteria. By the time you get there, if your wife said, well, what were the four things that John said the church was not, you're lucky if you remember one. Maybe feed store because you're feeding yourself, right? That's it. So it's not a feed store, although I pray and I hope that you are being fed by the word of God. That's one thing we want to see happen, but that's not what church is. Next thing is this it's not a veterinary clinic. All right? You, take, you go to the vet clinic because you have, uh, maybe you need some dewormer for a set of cows. Maybe, you, maybe you've got a set of heifers and they need to be Vang's vaccinated or whatever it might be. Maybe you've got a dog, you need some antibiotics. You need, you need something. Or maybe you're, you're straightening out a set of calves and so you wanna go get some really good antibiotics and have all that stuff on hand. Whatever it is, you go there because you're looking for something that will create a cure for whatever the ailment might be. And there are many people who come to church For the whole entirety of it, well, maybe I can find something there that's going to cure whatever ails me this week. Well, I hope that you do find that there is some aspect within our church body, whether it's the body of Christ, just simply loving you for where you are. Maybe a word of encouragement to you today. Maybe the word of God is going to minister to you right where you are. And to a degree, the word of God does bring healing, and it does bring salvation in the hearts of its hearers. But the church is not in its entirety a veterinary clinic. That's not why it's been placed here. The third thing is this, and I know we don't have many of these. I think Graham might have one, a drive-in movie show. Anybody ever been to a drive-in movie? Would you like to see him bring it back? I don't know. Those heated seats down there at the theater, that (laughs) recline, some of your trucks have got heated and cooled seats, so uh, that's a kind of a stretch there. I don't know. Well, the truth is, church is not a place where you park your old truck Hang a speaker on the side of your window and sit back and enjoy the show. But within consumeristic Christianity today, what you're going to find is there are many churches that are simply trying to entertain their people. And consumeristic minds of people, carnal, yes they are carnal in that, they're looking for the church that's got the greatest show, kind of the greatest showman. You ever watch that show? Three of you have. I am way out of my league here. Last week. All right. So what they're looking for is they're looking for the church that has the greatest show, the greatest show on earth. And people are coming and man, they're putting their check mark next to, yes, that was a great song, entertainment, smoke lights, uh, you name it, we did it, baby. Got the disco balls flashing. They got some sort of weird play going on and it's crazy. So what are we doing? We're, we're actually giving over to the world and we're saying listen we're going to entertain you more than the next guy down the road is going to entertain you and instead of understanding what the body of Christ is not people are doing exactly what the Bible says not to do and we're becoming worldly in what we're doing and we're just looking for a great show that's what many of you are doing many people have done and so they'll come from one church that didn't cut it this week we're going to go to the next one right Uh, and there's people who do that so number four Some of you may not know what this is, but if you're in agriculture, you'll understand it. We are not the ASCS office, all right? We are not the office of the government giving assistance and programs, if you will, to needy farmers and ranchers. So when I had a drought or whenever there was something like that, I could go, and there's government programs that are, that are there. Or maybe they offer you know, a great program where they're going to go ahead and spray your mesquite, which is a great program, by the way, for those of you who enjoyed it. Maybe they're going to come in, they're going to clean your ponds, or they're going to bring a guy in, they're going to look and survey your land, they're going to say, this is where you need to have your pond, and we're going to even pay for part of that to happen. Uh, there's great programs that are involved. And so the other thing we know is, is church is not like the ASCS office. What it is not is a place that just offers the greatest programs for everyone to come and take part in but many consumeristic mindsetted western civilization Christians you know what they're looking for they're looking for the greatest programs they're looking for it why because we provide it in the world and I'm part of that because when I leave the Dallas Fort Worth airport and I'm running low on gas I don't stop by the quick trip or the 7-11 I'm on highway 14 114 you know where I'm headed you all know it I'm headed to Bucky's. That's where I'm going. Yeah. How many of you have eaten some of those nuggets? Yeah, right on, baby. No, I pull in there to Bucky's because it's got everything that I want and don't want. I mean, you can pull into Bucky's, fill up with diesel. You can leave there with a grill. You can leave there with a couch. You can leave there with clothes. You can leave there with anything. Your wife says, I thought you got gas. You brought a whole truckload home. I know. I've been to Bucky's, right? Yes. So the owner of Bucky's, he gets this, right? He knows that you and I are driven with a consumer mindset that what we want is the best of everything. And if you were going to bring someone in from a third world country and you want to show them the splendor of our own country, when you bring them to the airport, you're going to swing into Bucky's and say, y'all got a gas station like this? (laughs) Right on. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a place of simply offering the greatest program in town. In fact, if the church was any of these things in and of itself, it really would be a pretty pathetic thing. It would be no better than the founder of Bucky's. It'd be no better than a gas station that offers a few more amenities than the gas station down the road. But the church has been so much subverted in its entirety of the greatness and the vastness and the incredible mind of God that in his own sovereignty, he, he has before time ever begin, before the foundation of the world, God chose to do something absolutely incredible. And that was that he was going to accomplish his will upon the earth through the head, the sun, and his body on earth, the body of believers, he was going to accomplish his will upon the earth as it is in heaven the body of christ has the bar has been smashed down so low that you trip over it just walking into a church the truth is what you have been called by god unto there is nothing that surpasses what you are in christ nothing whatsoever and so what is the church according to the word of god we have to go to the word of god If you're a part of any church, or have been, that doesn't push you and strive in your life for you to get in the Word of God, then you need to leave, or thankfully you're here, maybe you've left that. The truth is, there's no man that can interpret Scripture for you any different or any more powerfully than the Holy Spirit who indwells you. You don't need a man, although God does give us teachers, and they're great, you still need to check everything that's ever said from this pulpit up here that I preach. And if it's not in line with the Word of God, you need to come and tell me, hey, brother, you're off the mark there. Because we're all fallible. And anytime you're in a church and the church says, you leave the interpretation to us and we'll tell you what this all means. We got a wreck on our hands, baby. A wreck on our hands. And so, by God's grace, we're going to preach the gospel. And you, as part of the body of Christ, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I tell you to get in the Word of God. Know what the Word of God teaches and what it says. It's so important that you do that. We have no reason not to know the Word of God because we have it in our own home. Read this thing because it's truth. And as you're going to learn next week, one of the elements that God so desires and requires in the church is unity. That's one of the things. How many of you would like your body to be out of disunity with your brain? Some of us know people who have a disease that the body does not respond to the messages of the brain. They can't walk, they can't talk, they can't do anything. Why? Because the message that's sent to the body is somehow distorted, and the body's not responding to the head that gives it life and gives it purpose and gives direction. And so the body of Christ on earth, there has to be unity in the body of Christ. And without the truth of the word of God, there can be no unity. That's why we got to know the Bible. That's why here I ask you every single week, please bring your Bibles. Bring them, and we are going to go through this stuff together, and we're going to learn the Word of God. So four things, not a feed store, not a vet clinic, not a picture show, and not the ASCS office, right? It's not what it is. If you notice, every one of these elements has a certain center to it. In other words, if you break down the spoke and you follow the spoke to the heart of the matter, what you're going to find at the center of the wheel within modern Christianity in a westernized consumeristic mindset world, following the pattern of the world just to get people into the doors, what you're going to find is this. Every single one of those things is self-centered. It's all centered on man. The reason I choose to go to Bucky's is because... It gives me what I want and a whole lot I don't need, right? And so you'll notice that much of what we're seeing happening in the church today is not centered on the word of God and it's not centered on the one in whom it's part of his body. It's centered on the body, not the head, It's all about what it gives me. What do I have in this? What do I get out of this? What did it do for me? In fact, that is the opposite of what the true meaning of the body of Christ is all about. It truly, now listen to me, although we benefit from all of these things, the truth is, the song that Weston sang is, it's nothing but Jesus. It's about Christ. It's about the head. That's what this is all about. In the body of Christ, which is infused or is, is indwelt by the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells it, the Spirit enables us to have now the unction, the power, the authority, all these things that we need from the head to us through the Spirit. That is now what's going on. So the church is to make much of Jesus it is to glorify the Father. That's the purpose of the church and fulfilling what God has given us to do and the mandate of that. All right, moving right along. So we have to move away from a worldly-centered, consumeristic mindset, and we need to look at what the Bible teaches us about the body of Christ. And you all, it is absolutely incredible. It is incredible. In the Gospels, Prior to Jesus' crucifixion, in Matthew chapter 16 and in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus speaks of the church before he even went to the cross. And in the 17th chapter of John, as we're going to learn next week, Jesus tells the Father, even before he went to the cross, Jesus says, I have finished the work that you sent me to do prior to the cross. The ultimate part was that Jesus would what? Make a way for man to get to God through the cross. But there's something else that Jesus did in the preparation of the beginning of the body upon the earth when he would ascend to the Father in heaven. And he says a prayer for the disciples and for you and for me. Read chapter 17 in John this week and we'll preach on it next week. And you're going to learn something incredible about our Savior and what he was doing here upon the earth. And so what we find here is he uses this word, it's the ekklesia, that's the Greek word for church, it's the, it's the ecclesia, and he talks about this. The apostles use it 115 times in the New Testament. Jesus, before his own crucifixion, spoke of the church. The word ecclesia means to be called out. We know that God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we are to be separate, as we learned, holy, set apart, consecrated unto God for his purpose. We no longer offer the members of our bodies unto unrighteousness and sin, which we used to do, but now they're in Christ. We offer the parts of our body toward righteous things and righteousness. Why? Because now we've been transferred from darkness to light, and we're in the body of Christ. And so he says... This ecclesia means to be called out. It's an assembly or a congregation. It's the church. Now, if I was to put a picture up here of a bull, let me see if I can make myself do it here. I don't know if I can get off here. Okay, right? See that right there? That just looks like a hand, doesn't it? But in all reality, who is that? Yes, it's me. Right? It's me. And when we look at the church, we have the church universal. And we may be just a local body, but we're not just part of the body. We are the church. This right here, us gathering here this morning, if you're in Christ today, you are the church here. Now, the church is universal. In other words, what I mean by that is don't get hung up on that. That means there is a gathering. There are believers in Christ who are gathering all over the, the earth, and they are also the church. And Christ intended not only for there to be a, a church worldwide, as, as we see within this evangelical movement, the sending out of the, of the apostles and the disciples and the starting of the churches right there, and then it's moved on through all these uh, millennia. It's happened now. It's still moving forward. Why? Because he's still building his church. He's still moving it forward. It's still happening by God's grace and by his mercy. And the church, we are the church. This is what we are. We're the called out, and we gather as an assembly or congregation. Now, the truth is, some people say, well, John, can't I be a Christian and not attend a church? Yes, but you're missing so much. And God designed it this way that there would be no lone ranger over here doing his thing. Although there are ministries that are doing things, every one of them should be run through a church. Why? Because Jesus has connected himself to the church. And God's entire mind of eternity was to use the church to fulfill his mission upon the earth. And if you're just an arm and you're out here by yourself, okay, you can be out here by yourself, but you're missing the other parts of the body. And you're never going to be fully complete. You're never going to understand what it means to corporately, like we did this morning, to corporately come together. And everybody's singing praises to God. Whether you're an eyeball, a foot, a toe, a mouth, an ear, whatever you are, they all come together and they rejoice and praise God. So yes, you can be a Christian and be out here on your own. But God doesn't need a lone ranger. He has his son, the head, and his body upon the earth. That's what it is. So, moving along here, this is how we're referred to in Scripture. These are the illustrations that we are given in the New Testament. Number one, we see that we are called sheep, right? These are illustrations. And then Christ is the shepherd. The next thing we know is we're called the bride of Christ, and Christ is the groom. We also have, the Bible talks about that we are a building, that God is building up for himself a building where he can dwell. We are part of the building of God, and who is the chief cornerstone? Jesus Christ is the rock on whom the church would be built, not upon any man. Then the final thing is this. He talks about the body. We are the body, and Christ is the head. Colossians 1.18, he's the head. So, Take your Bibles and turn with me quickly to Ephesians chapter 1. Paul also wrote this this letter to the church in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 1. We're just over here a few books and you'll find it. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 16 this morning. And from verse 16 we're going to read through 22. Now, this is where things really begin to start being revealed. And let me say this about our enemy. Satan doesn't care if people have church. He doesn't care if God's name is mentioned. He doesn't care if, 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 if we gather here every single week and do this. But what he does care about is whether or not you begin to understand how we are to operate as the body of Christ. He didn't want us to get this, because then the kingdom of darkness is in great trouble of losing many of its inhabitants, because once the church begins to understand, each Christian understanding who they are in Christ, what they are in Christ, and what the mandate has been given, and what Christ has accomplished for us, and he's doing through us, it would totally transform everything that we do, not only in our own personal life but also in our community, in our jobs, in our marriages, in our families. Listen to this. Starting in verse 16, follow along with me. It says, Paul speaking here, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of him. Don't miss these things. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. That you may know what is the hope that you have been called to. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? The inheritance of Christ. Guess what it is? the saints. It's you and me. That's Christ's inheritance. We don't even understand, he says, the glorious riches. We need to understand this. And what is the immeasurable greatness now of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now we know that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. We know that. But there's a reason that this has happened. Listen to this. Christ has been seated in heavenly places. Now don't miss this. Far above, here's an important word, all. Greek for all is all. There you go. Learn some Greek today. All rule. All, listen to these words, authority. Christ is seated above all rule, all authority. He's seated above all power and all dominion. You need to understand this. These are big words and they're very important. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And, listen, he put all things, all things, under his feet, that is Christ. And gave him as head over all things to the church. That is incredible. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, God did something in Christ, for Christ, And to Christ, and it has affected now what is happening with you and me. This is where our head is seated. This is who Christ is. In John chapter 17, he tells God, Would you now glorify me with the glory that I had with you from the foundation of the earth? That Jesus Christ left the glory of heaven, subjected himself under the authority of the Father to accomplish the Father's will upon the earth. He subverted himself under the authority of Christ. Now Christ now has been elevated back to where he was before the foundation of the world. All glory has been given him. Listen to what it says. All Power has been given him. All rule has been given him. All authority has been given him. He is above all names now and forever in the future. All things have been placed under his feet. He is head over all things. Why? To the church. The church has lost its identity. It no longer knows who she is and what she is and whom she is. The church has lost its identity. We have put our trust in a man with a silly hat on his head and said, oh, that's how we get to God. No, you don't. He is no more in a position of authority than you and I are because my Christ, Jesus, who lives in me, he is my head and he has been given all authority. Do you see what I'm saying? And so to twist Christianity We place a man in a position of authority and for hundreds of years that has corrupted the true church and who we are. You, dear sir and ma'am, You have the power of God at your disposal. You have a God through Christ. Your head has all authority in heaven. He is above every name. Every knee will bow. He is above every power, every authority. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ, dear Christian, and you are part of his body. Do you hear me? So the church, what has the church done? They have subverted their identity of being in Christ, and they now have conformed to the identity of their power, their gifts, their, 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 their programs. That's what they've done. And they don't have the power of God anymore in their churches. They don't have the head working through the body anymore. Why? Because we've fallen into the trap that God no longer needs to work through you and me, the body. He'll work through a few people and tell the rest of us what to do. It's not true. I'm telling you, the church is in a wreck in America because we have given up our identity. We've given up our identity. The truth is, the church is wandering. It doesn't even know what its identity is anymore. Some of our churches, they're they're, they're conforming so much to the pattern of the world now that they're putting rainbow flags out in front of their own buildings. You mean you've subverted that low below who you are? Oh, dear Christian, Satan doesn't want our church to grasp this. Our head, listen to me, I'm the head over my wife and my family. But I don't have all power, all authority, all dominion. I don't have a name that's above every other name. But you, dear Christian, you have one who is over you, who is your head. His name is Jesus, and that's where he's seated right now. It's incredible. So the church hobbles along with a false identity, working in a world without power, without authority, without purpose, without mission, because it's lowered the bar so low that we don't even know who we are anymore. That's where the church is. No, we believe it's a vet clinic. We believe it's a superstore. We believe it's a place of entertainment. You can find it. We believe it's a feed store. Oh, dear Christian, is so much more than that. I'm going to have to jump ahead this morning to finish. It's 11.02. Let me read this to you. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 in verse 10. Ephesians 3 verse 10. Ephesians, excuse me, chapter 3 verse 10. Here we go. Start in seven. Paul speaking here. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. He's nothing. He's a nobody. He's just a sinner saved by grace. And Paul says this, I am the worst of all sinners. That's what Paul thought about his elevated position. <laughs> I'm the worst of all thugs. That's what I am. But he says, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach the Gentile to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for every one what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, listen, so that through, don't miss this, so that through the church that is you and me we are the body of christ that through the church the manifold wisdom of god might now be made known listen to the rulers and authority in heavenly places this was according to the eternal purpose That he realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. You don't have to go through a man to get to God, dear person Christian. Jesus Christ is the way we get to God. There's a reason the temple curtain was ripped from top to bottom. So you didn't have to go through the priest system anymore to get to the one true living God because they had missed the whole system. They'd made it corrupt, paganistic, all those things. Dear Christian, listen to me. We can now boldly, confidently come before the throne of God. Why do we do it? Because we are in Christ. He's our head. He is seated there. You don't have to go through me to get to the Father. You don't have to go through any carnal man. You go through the only man, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So listen, we do not want to miss this. The authorities in heavenly places, guess who that is? That is the spiritual realm. We can't even see into that dimension, but it's here and it's real. Those people who, who study these things, they know there's multiple dimensions. We can't even see the spiritual dimension, and yet God is doing something in his manifold wisdom. Listen to this. That all the principalities and powers, all of those created angelic beings, whether in heaven or here in the air above where we actually live in this dark world, listen to me, God in his manifold wisdom before the foundation of the world, because the Bible says in the revelation that Jesus Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. God is outside time, space. He knew the end from the beginning, planned it all, did it all, and it's happening, just as he said. That this this wisdom of God, this incredible thing is that he was going to show these angelic beings his working of his plan. Of redemption upon the earth through the Son, the head, through his body filled with his spirit, fulfilling his mandate upon the earth. Now that is incredible. And you and I are a part of this body. Think about this. That God's saying, okay, all of the angelic, whether they're, whether they're, they're the evil, which is the third of the angels and Satan and all the principalities, what's God doing? He's showing him he's still building his church. He is still reaching people with the gospel message. He's still reaching out and loving the unlovable. He's still reaching out and giving to those in need. He's still doing exactly what he said he'd do upon the earth. He told his disciples, you'll do far greater things than these. Why? Because his body is everywhere in the church, and God is doing what God is doing through his people, and he's accomplishing his infinite wisdom, his plan from all eternity. And you thought it was just a feed store. So this is it, dear Christian, when we just get a glimpse of the church and why we're here, That the angelic beings are watching what you and I are doing filled with the Spirit of God and given all power, all authority, all dominion. His name is above every name. He's above every ruler. My head is in heaven and I am here upon the earth, part of his body, filled with the Spirit of God. I have access to all those things. It's right here, right now, right here for this time. And God says, you will fulfill my will upon the earth. And Satan doesn't want the church to understand who its identity is in. Our identity is in the body. My identity is in the body of Christ. It's in Christ. Now, we're going to get into this more detail next week. My prayer is that you begin to understand what this is, why we are here, what we are part of. And dear Christian, if that's the case, as we're going to learn, If Jesus connected himself to the church, why in the world would you not want to connect yourself to the body of Christ? If Jesus calls us to serve the body with our different gifts, why would you not want to serve the body of Christ? Why would you not give to the body of Christ? Why would we not place ourselves in the body of Christ and be here ready, available, and willing to do what the head says to do? God is good, amen? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you so much for your word this morning. And Lord, I know the church is at a state of identity crisis. But Lord, we have been called by you to be the church upon the earth, to be the body of Christ. That's what we are. Lord, there may be somebody here this morning that they say, Well, John, I don't think I'm part of this body. The truth is salvation is here today for you. Today's the day of salvation, Jesus says. Repent. And believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ today. Repent means to turn from your old life, your old ways. Give it up. Why? Because it's all going to end in nothing one day. It's all going to end in a dead road, man. Repent from that. Turn to Christ by faith and believe upon Him and you shall be saved. And you'll become a part of something eternal, everlasting. Lord, I pray for any of those people here this morning that may be them, that today they would give their life to you and be saved. For the rest of us as the church body, that we would no longer have an identity crisis, but we would be secure and know our identity in Christ. What an incredible God we serve. We love you, We praise you. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen and amen. You all have a wonderful week in Christ. Amen. Amen.